this is Russ Hackman. Coming up next, we'll be giving the markets a review through the third quarter, consider how long those great yields on CDs may last, and talk about income strategies for the year ahead. And now, the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street and helping people get a clear picture of their financial lives and from offices around Boston, which one's most convenient to you? Downtown Wakefield, Hingham and Waltham. This is the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. Russ Hackman with 25 years in the financial industry, early years on Wall Street trading desks, and he definitely has plenty to talk about in the opening of today's show, which is a something Russ offers information-wise every week, giving us, we get his take, and from his area of expertise and experience from Wall Street on what is going on, Russ, what's happening out there now? Well, you know, it's like, the, what's the old adage, may you live in interesting times, right? So we <laughs> right, got, we do. Know, war going on, and, you know, hearts out to, you know, the people impacted Absolutely. by that. Absolutely. It's just, just, just so Heartbreaking. Awful. Uh, some of the things going on. Um, and, you know, I think, though, that unless that war really expands to in- directly include like Iran, it does not seem like at, at the moment that it's going to have that much impact on our financial markets, at least you know, the price of oil really perked up kind of at, at the beginning. But lately, it's been kind of cooling off. So, um, you know, oil's hanging in there. People have noticed kind of gas prices kind of have peaked, but then they're kind of coming down a little bit. You know, speaking more broadly about the markets, we have in the last week or so seen, you know, a little more stability. And it's sort of like we'll take life one day at a time here, right? Mm-hmm. Or so, you know, one week at a time. Now, the Federal Reserve is, you know, acting like a sort of uh, – petulant child and sort of the way that they interact <laughs> with the markets. Uh, it's almost like it's sense, on purpose. It's like, yeah, it's like one week, it's like, hey, get ready for us to raise rates. And then over the last week or so, they've sort of been saying, well, you know, the fact that long-term bonds have been going down in price and yields going up, which we keep talking about, the fact that that's going on it is in effect almost like an indirect Fed hike, uh, which is true. And maybe we gotta, maybe we don't have to be so in such a hurry to raise the Fed fund rates again. So it's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> okay, fine. So like, what does it mean to our lives? And you know, we're not here to just drown in economics, right? We're here to think about like what you know, what difference does it make to our lives? And you know, you really had the U.S. Treasury market basically in free fall for the last month or so with uh, and as we've talked about, some of these, you know, bond funds that are in people's portfolios and these bond funds generally served up by the big box firms like, hey, 60, 40 or 40s in bonds and it's in a bunch of bond funds. Like if you look at your portfolio, you got those bond funds in there. You put in the ticker, you go to Yahoo Finance or wherever you go, and you see there, you know, some of them are down 20 or 30% since the beginning of 2022. They're down, you know, 15 plus percent last year. They're down a few percent this year. So what's been going on is, you know, bond yields kind of skyrocketing, bond prices falling. And, uh, you know, now just this week, a little bit of stability in that. Now, in the face of that, it's like, okay, well, can we relax? Like, and these, that, that instability in the treasury market has been feeding over into the stock market. So a little more stability in the last week, a little, a little more stability in the stock market. Okay, fine. 
but you still have, you know, trillion dollar deficits as far as the eye can see, right? right? And we got apparently no speaker to the House. I guess Congress can't do a thing without a speaker, apparently. That's like the way it works down there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we got even more dysfunction. And you sort of wonder, like, is anybody ever going to stand up and, like, deal with these deficits? It is a major problem for inflation. It's a major problem for interest rates. It's a major problem for bond portfolios. So our government is really sort of uh short-term viewing you know not thinking long term not 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 going great and you know i think that without being too political about it there's plenty of blame to go around for that uh, in congress on all sides of the aisle and also uh, at in particular at the federal reserve you know they've been so cute with you know they try to convince us for such a long time that inflation was transitory remember that yeah oh yes it's like no it ain't transitory guys and 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 now it's like, you know, anyway, it's, it's not a, we're not getting a lot of help from our government. That means we got to stay it's on focused. Us. It's on us to manage our financial plans, to manage market risk, to understand where risk is lurking everywhere in portfolios and where you can find refuge from risk. And we do that in these complimentary consultations we offer periodically throughout the show. So many great folks coming in to see us for second opinions this year. And obviously that'll continue. That keeps us super busy and we love it. So let's offer the opportunity to the next five callers that uh, have saved $500,000 or more for retirement, Dave. 617-674-2000. Call in to schedule to meet at one of those offices around Boston, downtown, Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. No cost, no obligation. Next five, 617-674-2000. Coming up, Hackman Wealth Partners Senior Vice President and partner Claire here. away the clutter of Wall Street and welcoming Claire here into the studio. Claire is the senior vice president and partner at Hackman Wealth Partners, ready to help get you a clear picture of your financial life. And Claire, you join us on this show. You're a part of this show. And it's really good to a, a great uh, part because you share with us case studies, things that we can relate to. Uh, you know, the, uh, As I said uh, the last time, we talked a little peek behind the curtain of what that consultation process is like with you and Jack and uh, Russ and the team. Uh, you have a story now of someone not exactly, I don't want to say not, well, I think you said they just weren't happy at work anymore, maybe just tired, maybe a little burnout, ready to retire. And and that's what so many people do when they come to you is ask, am I ready to retire? Yes. And it's, it's very interesting because it seems to be a pattern. And I don't even think that, you know, people realize it, but there are so many people that have worked for a long time in specific jobs, highly qualified, getting paid well. And then all of a sudden they're just trying to figure out if they can last another year. And mm-hmm. then they look at their, yeah, they finally look at their finances and say, gee, I better get a second opinion. If I decide to retire, I have to hope I have enough money and it's not going to run out. And is it allocated properly? And a lot of these people are managing their own portfolios, which is perfectly fine. Some of them really enjoy doing sort of day trading. They might be in and out of the market and they think they have their 401ks or 403bs, any of their like retirement savings plans invested wisely. 
But then all of a sudden they think, gee, maybe I don't. So I should go see someone. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So we do get people often like that coming in to talk to us. So this one particular woman wanted to know if she could retire, if she had enough money. And she had never visited a financial advisor before. Oh, wow. Yeah, she came in. She's single. And she lived in her inherited parents' home. So she didn't really have a tremendous amount of um, expenses Mm -hmm. for her age, I would say, and didn't have, you know, a lot of, you know, the interest in like, you know, eating out often or traveling. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that people like to do more in retirement. She's like, no, I'm pretty satisfied with what I do and I don't really need a large budget. And so she had her investments outlined on a sheet of paper and it was very um, orderly and done properly. And I thought, okay, this is, you know, a great allocation for her. She had about 25% in a traditional IRA and then another 20% in a Roth IRA and then a few other investments in equities. But it seemed that she was kind of like, you know, in a good, in good shape. But she, again, like many of the people we meet, meet often don't have the you know confidence that they do have enough money. So they're looking for someone to really get a second opinion, to restructure their allocations and really set out a like long-term plan for them. That's understandable that they do that. I mean, you would certainly be apprehensive entering what could be a 30 plus year phase of your life and a new chapter of your life. And so that's interesting too. I mean, that's a great point that you do look at so much what they're bringing to the table, but also how they want to live in retirement because you have to factor in, uh, in a budgeting process, uh, how they want to live in their retirement, the lifestyle they want to lead. Yes. It's surprising that many of our clients actually say they will spend more in retirement. So some some clients come in and say, "Gee, I'm almost there. I've you know paid off my children's college expenses and my mortgage is almost paid off, and so my budget's really going to decrease in a couple of years." Then you have the other side that come in and say, "You know, I've been working so hard. I haven't had time to do what I really like to do, and I really think my travel budget's going to grow over the next few years if I can afford it." And so it you just really don't know, you know, what people's motivations are in terms of what they're planning to do when they when they leave their jobs. Yeah, and you take the time to get to know that, and especially if they could do go forward with you, that's a head start. You know, we, we talk a lot about proactive tax strategies here on this show. You were telling me about an interesting article you were reading about Roth IRAs and teenagers. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because we're starting to see that that's, you know, Roth IRAs for teens are like gaining in popularity. So they're saying that the average age of those with custodial Roth IRAs, so custodial meaning that if you're under the age of 18, you do have to have a custodian open it for Mm -hmm. you. So the adult sets up the account and the child is the beneficiary. But the average age is 13.7 years old. Wow. wow. Pretty interesting. Yeah. And. Yeah, the, the, and the number of these accounts in June, this past June, grew 28% from the previous year. So it starts, you know, starting to look like a little bit of a strategy for these young people. And it does make sense for them because of the tax advantages. So once a child earns income, so any type of job, I'm a lifeguard or I'm, you know, at the local grocery store or delivering papers, once you have your own income, you're eligible to open up an individual retirement account. And again, by making it a Roth IRA, children can get decades of tax-free compounding. So you know that these investments grow because of like compound interest, but the great thing about the Roths is the earnings grow tax-free. So this gives them, you know, the opportunity to build a very meaningful nest egg with very little money put down. And people don't really think about the fact that teens are ideal candidates and they pay very low or no taxes Mm -hmm. at all. So you can make these contributions to the Roth, you know, they're made after tax. So it basically could be just whatever money you've earned if you're not paying any taxes. And you want to do this 
because your present earnings are much lower than what you will earn in retirement, most likely. So uh, it makes well, a lot of sense. It, in many ways. Uh, first off, it's a great thing down the road for that that teenager, but it's a great lesson in saving, too, and, and in tax strategies and so much. It's such a great financial lesson. My daughter is no longer a teenager, but she's a young adult, and this is my fault. I procrastinated because I want to work with her to set up a Roth and then set up some kind of a matching system for me to match what she puts in. It. Uh, we've got to encourage saving. Right, right. And, and remember, the maximum contribution for 2023 is the amount of your in, earned income up to $6,500. So you do have to have the earned income in the year when the contribution is made. Yeah. And there up are to income point, limits. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then, but in any case, um, it is a wonderful strategy. And I think people you know, fail to think of, you know, educating their children at young ages. We do have a lot of clients that come in happy clients. And they say, you know what, now I want you to meet with my son or daughter, mm-hmm. or my son or daughter is going to accompany me to the next meeting and start learning about how to like handle their own finances. Because again, we don't, we said, I think we sort of err in this country and maybe in other countries on educating our children, especially in, in finance, I think just so. understanding, you know, what is, what are savings and you know, again, what what can I be doing now? And it's not too young, it, you know, as we've Never. just seen it as a teenager to start thinking about this and, you know, take advantage of the generous, you know, tax laws that we have in terms of, you know, younger people or income limits and try to figure out, you know, what can I do to start saving now? And for you, uh, nearing retirement, obviously, we're not teenagers anymore, but proactive tax strategies are necessary and part of that process. Come in and talk about it. An opportunity now with Claire, Jack, Russ, and the team at no cost, no obligation. Yes, and anyone that has $500,000 or more saved in assets, not including your home, please come to see us. Please come to one of our offices, and we'd be happy to give you a complimentary consultation and get you on the road to retirement safely. 617-674-2000 to schedule 617-674-2000 getting on the road and staying on that road getting there and staying there in retirement the ultimate goal financial freedom and independence 617-674-2000 to schedule 617-674-2000 great to have clear as a part of the show and russ is back in the studio straight ahead this is the wall street sweeper more to come picture of your financial life. Russ Hackman and the team at Hackman Wealth Partners. It is the Wall Street Sweeper. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins. You know, Russ, you were uh, talking, uh, opening the show about the spending in Washington, one of the many things. And so we hear the word trillion bounced around a lot. But I know we've got something that's going to lay out what exactly a trillion is. You know, it is really (laughs) mind blowing to think how big a trillion is. I mean, again, it's like, okay, yeah, it's huge, and we're going to hear how huge it is in this this little segment, but it's like, you know, okay, Congress is like, yeah, no problem. Let's just blow an extra trillion more than we have coming in. It's like, oh, <laughs> What's man. a trillion or two between friends? Uh, Ugh, let's get a sense of what is a trillion. Let's get a sense of it now. <laughs> 
With the national debt now being over $27 trillion and counting, we thought it would be fun to take a look at what a trillion looks like in all different forms. A trillion is a number with two distinct definitions, one million million or 10 to the 12th power as defined on the short scale. One million dollars spent a day would take 2,800 years to spend one trillion dollars or in Congress's case, maybe two days. Or if you spent one dollar every second around the clock, it would take you 312,688 years to spend a trillion dollars. Spending one million dollars an hour nonstop for 24 hours a day, you wouldn't run out of one trillion dollars for 411 years. An interesting bit of trivia, if one were to count the national debt at the rate of one dollar per second, you would have to use a mechanical counter to click off the digits. Why? Because if you count it in the usual way, saying one, two, three, there would be numbers whose names are so large that it would take more than a second of clock time to pronounce them. For example, 999,999,999,999 takes about eight seconds to pronounce. Six trillion seconds equals 189,276 years. There are nearly six trillion miles in the light year. One trillion dollars would stretch nearly from the Earth to the sun. It would take a military jet flying at the speed of sound, reeling out a roll of dollar bills behind it 14 years before it reeled out one trillion dollar bills. One trillion pennies would create a mind-boggling cube with edges nearly as long as a football field. If only there were that many pennies in existence. If you stacked a trillion dollar bills in the same manner, the column would reach 67,866 miles or comfortably into space. For Funny Money, I'm Teresa Opeka. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I, that was maybe a little more uh, more analogies than we needed. Probably a but. little little overkill. <laughs> but the one thing that just stood out to me is that you could spend a million dollars an hour, twenty four seven, for four hundred and eleven years. Think about oh that. My goodness, I mean, and, and it's like you you guys in Congress, guys and gals, you're just printing this money, right? Yeah, and it it's just having these these you know really negative knock-on effects, uh, you know, for all of us. Somebody's going to have like, to pay this eventually. That's the well, problem. Yeah, I, I, I saw a quote from the famous economist Milton Friedman who basically said, like, the government deficit, it's sort of like, well, that's the government. Like, no, it's you. Yeah, right? it's like, us. We, the government is us, right, whether we like it or not. So we are the government. Their debts are our debts. I guess more likely our children's debts yep. right, at this point. And grandchildren. Grandchildren's and, and so on and so forth. But you just this 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 spending is finally sort of catching up with the markets and having a real negative impact. And it's I think the hope earlier this year was that, you know, things would continue to go forward and you really just see in the form of bond yield spiking and threats to stock market valuations, the impact of this continued debt issuance. So again, we're never here to be like the sky is falling, but it's all about you better take care of yourself, your own financial planning, right? Because 
it sure is not smooth sailing ahead. It's definitely not smooth sailing for the 60-40 stock bond portfolio because the, the government is just making these bonds uh, go down, down, down. Let's offer the opportunity, Dave, next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more that, uh, for retirement, the chance to come in for a complimentary second opinion. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ takes questions from listeners. The Wall Street Sweeper continues. Russ Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners, sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, helping you get a clear picture of your financial life and so necessary if you're near retirement and helping you give confidence in not only your retirement plan, uh, but also overall in how you're coping with the economy as it is. In fact, we're going to cite Russ is going to break down some results from a Northwestern Mutual 2023 planning and progress study uh, highlighting America attitudes financially. Well, Russ, this probably does not come as a surprise to you, but in the survey, Mm -hmm. 67% of adults in the U.S. expect the economy will enter into recession even later this year. That's coming up pretty soon. That's two-thirds of Americans. Yeah, that probably, this thing was probably done earlier in the year, right? But um, yeah, I think people are, are, are concerned by, by like what's going on in the world. And, you know, even though some of the metrics like, you know, number of unemployed people are is in a relatively good spot. The fact that you've seen all this inflation, the fact that people have seen such volatility uh, in their portfolios, um, you know, the signs out of D.C. again are just like, where's the leadership and who's going to really get this deficit down and get inflation down is is not sort of breeding a lot of confidence. No. Right? It was interesting that there was a couple other things that were, were worth noting in this uh, survey. Like one was what was the number, right, that that you need to retire comfortably. Yeah. It's a pretty high number, 1.25 million. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I don't think it's a high number for, you know, the Northeast or the East Coast, right? But uh, some you parts know, of the country. Number, yeah. Is but, that a standard? I mean, just something that's kind of set because we've heard a million so much. I don't know where they got the point two five. Yeah, I think, but. you know, for, for everyone, a million or more is something to try to attain. And obviously, you know, the more the better. Like the sort of, I don't really have a rules of thumb because it varies with everyone and what they spend and, you know, what they're, if they have pensions and, you know, there's so many unique things for each person that that we dive into to see like do you really have enough money uh to retire or to be okay if you're already retired the answer is usually yes but you know i in a perfect world i i like to see you know a couple with a million and a half or more and i like to see you know a single person with a million or more and i, I you know and it's not to say that folks with less than that you know you're in you know you know you're in bad shape but uh you know that's what i like to see yeah um, when people come in. And I think, what's this other part of the uh, survey well, here that you were looking at, Dave? Actually, this is interesting. And uh, it shows how the confidence level, uh, at least from those surveyed, is boosted when you work with a financial advisor. And like in your case, Russ, a whole financial team. For instance, uh, I'll read a couple of statements from this survey and just show you the breakdown. Uh, here's one. I have enough money for retirement. Well, of those working with a financial advisor, 80% said, yep, 
That's me. I agree with that. But those who are not working with an advisor, only 58% agreed with that statement. That's an interesting statistic. And then there's a couple more here. Just uh, run through those, will you? Okay. My financial planning incorporates the possibility of emergencies. That's 80% working with a financial advisor versus 49% who don't work with a financial advisor. And then one more. I have have achieved or will achieve long-term financial security. We're talking about 75% confidence level of those working with the financial professional and only 47% of those, I guess, DYIers. Uh, so what do you, what are your thoughts on that, Russ? I mean, let's, you know, let, let's uh, admit that we're talking our game. Uh, yeah. Everyone needs a financial advisor, Dave, of course, but, yeah. you know, I do believe that just like you, you need a doctor to take care of, well, of your course. health. Yeah. Right. You need checkups with a, somebody who's actually done this for, you know, 25, 30 plus years, as opposed to sort of DIYing it, right? Yeah. But I think one thing that a financial advisor can offer is really just kind of knowing where you stand. I think a lot of people, I've met people with a lot of money who who still don't really know where they stand or, you know, is this is this enough? And, and if it is enough, is it equally important? Is, is it invested appropriately so that in this world that we're talking about, you know, I'm not going to get crushed with everything that's going on. So, um, in any event, uh, uh, it is a good time to transition to an opportunity. Come in and see a financial professional. Come see us. Get a checkup. Get our view on are you okay? If you're more than okay, then you know how can you even improve your situation? And there always is something. So let's offer that opportunity, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, financial scams are getting to be more and more sophisticated. How can you protect yourself? Q&A with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and this is the Wall Street Sweeper. Now, you wonder, how can I get my question in for Russ to answer on the show? Well, that's really easy. HackmanWealth.com. Click that radio tab to get your question in. Let's start with Diane. What are the reasons that would make it a good idea for me to have a trust? Uh, A friend says it's one way to minimize taxes. I'm just confused. and It seems like a big decision. Would really appreciate your thoughts. I think trusts are like the most confusing part of estate planning. And it's practically like nobody understands them. And um, they think it's not for me even. There's really two kinds of trusts, right? Number one that you can incorporate in your estate planning and You could also say that most people really don't have to have a trust. I mean, there's some advantages. So the two main types of trusts, without boring everyone to death here, the two main kinds of trusts are a living trust, Mm -hmm. where basically the notion is a lot of people have these living trusts. And what that means is your money, instead of being held in your own name, is held in the name of a trust that you have the right to change. You can do anything you want with it. The main purpose of that trust is when you pass away that your assets, it's extremely clear where your assets are going and uh, you don't have to go through what's called probate, meaning uh, these courts that can tie up your will, can tie up some beneficiary questions. So a living trust is not a bad idea for everyone who has sort of a million dollars plus. Um 
And particularly if you have like a complex modern family and there's, you know, kids from different marriages and whatnot, it helps make everything sort of super clear as to what's supposed to happen. There's no sort of massive tax benefit of trust. The other main kind of trust that uh, folks talk about is uh, what they call irrevocable trusts or sometimes called disability trusts or um, and there the notion is, you know, is there a way to protect my money from being sort of hoovered up by the nursing home if we have to go into the nursing home? Mm-hmm. Right. And those kinds of trusts uh, can be done. They're pretty tricky. And for the most part, the objective that I have in doing financial planning for, for people who have sort of a million dollars plus which is most of the people that work with us is if you have to go into the nursing home to actually be able to afford it. Those kinds of trusts are normally like, you know, mom's going into the nursing home. All she has is the house left and, you know, there might be sort of zero left over. Right. But for the most part, we want people to be able to afford it and you don't need to go through too many bells and whistles uh, with all these trusts, all this estate planning stuff. When people are, if people are out there going, "Oh my God, Russ, like, what are you talking about? All this estate planning, like, it is very confusing." Actually, one of the benefits of an independent financial planner, we do this, and I'm sure we're not the only ones, is we work with like a network of lawyers mm-hmm. uh, in uh, that basically offers their services to our clients on much more efficient pricing than if you just walk in yourself because. You know, one of the reasons they do it is because we spoon feed them all the information nice and organized because we already have all your information. Yeah, right. right. So that works well. You get it done for under a thousand bucks. It's only like, you know, three thousand. And then, you know, you can also we can make sure the assets are held in the right way. But anyway, enough on trust. What do you got? What do you got next, Dave? Uh, Danny, he says, I'm 67 and retired. I keep hearing commercials about converting my IRA into a gold IRA. Now, with all the volatility, do you think that's a good idea? And is that something you would recommend? I mean, my opinion on gold is like if you look at, you know, people have been around, uh, you know, I'm 53. A lot of our most of our clients are older than me. And everybody who's been around, you know, remembers like the 80s, like the gold and silver craze. Right. And at that time, gold got up to like eight or nine hundred bucks an ounce. Now it's at about nineteen hundred bucks an ounce. So if you look at that, it's like, okay, gold has doubled in the last like 40 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, the stock market's gone up like more than five times since then. Right. Whatever the number is. So like or if you just left your money in the bank and earned interest, you would have done better than gold. So gold's one of those things that people like to say, the sky's falling, I should have gold, uh, and that's going to, you know, protect me uh, when, um, you know, (laughs) everything goes south. (laughs) Are we talking zombie apocalypse or what? You know, and I don't really think, my, my sort of joke is, and maybe it's not funny, but my joke is like, I don't think the people with the biggest pile of gold are going to be the ones doing the best, you know, during Armageddon or, you know, societal collapse. It's actually the people with the most guns, probably. Uh, and right? food. You get that food. <laughs> exactly. But you'd be like, you know, here's my piece of gold. Like, I, I'm not I'm not sure that's going to save you. So, uh, you know, let's hope. That that we stay Maybe away do a little from bartering. the apocalypse, and <laughs> let's just leave that to the to the movies. Exactly. Please. All right. Let's see. Do we have time? We got time to get Deborah in. Can you explain the living benefit on life insurance? I've never thought of life insurance as anything but a death benefit. So I'm curious as to how this works. 
Well, my running joke on life insurance is nobody ever woke up in the morning wanting to talk about life insurance. (laughs) But uh, so-called permanent life insurance. So you have term insurance, which is really cheap when you have like kids and you're like, hey, we need like a million dollar policy in case mom or dad, you know, something happens to them. Right. And then you have then you have uh, permanent life insurance, universal life, whole life. If you're out there groaning, these can be decent investments for people usually people in their 50s and younger, not usually people sort of 60 plus. And what can happen, the reason why you would invest money in a long-term life insurance policy and you can access it during your lifetime is there's a great tax benefit to life insurance. And in many cases, you can look at potentially earning 5% or so after tax at relatively low risk in in a life insurance policy. Again, if you're in good health and usually if you're under 60. So and it's one of those things that uh, we talk about sometimes. A lot of times when people come in, and this is a good part of coming in, is, you know, they, they show me their life insurance. And generally, pe- a lot of times people forgot why they bought it, right? Or mm-hmm. like, I forgot how it works because it's complicated, right? So that can go into uh, one of these complimentary uh, reviews that we uh, provide. Uh, but yeah, they can offer a good way to sort of bank some kind of tax-free income. So uh, in that regard, when people do come in, we review life insurance, we do a portfolio x-ray, we look at fees, risk, and we offer our second opinion on how you can improve your financial health. And just like when you go see the doctor, he's always got some way of, he or she's always got some way of improving your your health, although sometimes we, we don't want that advice, right? <laughs> but- we have some advice for you every time and it's a lot easier you don't have to like cut out steak because if someone tells me to do that i'm not doing it exactly right? let's offer Know the that. chance next five callers that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement dave it is a comprehensive review and second opinion 617-674-2000 617-674-2000 next five no cost no obligation scams targeting seniors are not a new concept by any stretch however it's important to be cognizant of the latest scams and tools that thieves are using to steal money earmarked for your golden years when we come back we'll bring you the latest news and how you can protect yourself and your family from losing money Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. And uh, there's a lot to work through, but that's what Russ Hackman and Clear Hair, Jack Young, and the team at Hackman Wealth Partners, it's what they do. It's what they're passionate about. And that's why Russ is here every week to give great information. And we're going to talk about scamming now. And we've always had it. Seems to be now a technology even more so, more dangerous In fact, the FBI has been investigating the phantom hacker whose MO involves a three-phased approach to scam seniors out of a a massive amounts of money. The local NBC affiliate in Houston, KPRC, sent their own Devin Clark to speak with one of the victims of this scam, an 82-year-old man named Richard Hall, about his devastating experience. He got a phone call from someone pretending to be a federal agent working to protect his money from hackers that had infiltrated his accounts. He said, I want to help you get those out of there. We want to see if we can track them and get rid of them and try to 
to see if we can arrest any of them. Sounded like an official thing. Hall says he became convinced the man was legit. The way he talked, he was really slick. Over the next few months, Hall says he sent the man multiple wire transfers, thinking the money was being safeguarded. So he went into two bank accounts and into my IRA. All in all, Hall says he lost $238,000, his entire life savings. And he's just wiped me out. Wiped out. Entire oh life savings. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I have heard more and more and more sort of scam stories. And these people are getting really good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this ha- this happened to somebody I know. Like, they now have the capability to... Basically, they can steal your credit card, right? Here's one of them I heard of. Mm. They steal your credit card. They also have your phone number, right? So mm-hmm. they attempt like a sort of blatantly illegal charge. And then a lot, of, a lot of us now get these sort of text alerts or whatever that say, hey, did, you know, was this your charge or whatever? And then people are like, whoa, that's not mine. And then three minutes later, they get a phone call from someone who's saying, hey, I'm calling from, let's say, Citibank, right? Mm-hmm. I'm calling from Citibank. You know, you've had a fraud charge and, um, you know, we're going to help you fix this, right? And this is a scammer doing that, right? Of course. And in order to, you know, and this may impact your bank account. Could you remind us of your bank account number, so on and so forth? So, like, really, really sort of smooth, right? Yeah. Isn't the key, though, you're not going to get called? Be leery of anyone who calls you. Well, like, you know, and in fact, just this morning, I had something from like an old trip where some merchant was like, trying to charge me again and MX was texting me, right? So, or then they just called me, actually. I had to call them after this. But, uh, <laughs> they so call yeah, they're, they will call you, right? But I mean, I generally think that, you know, first of all, like yeah, you can, they'll never ask you to, conf- anybody who's legitimate that's calling you is never going to ask you for like your complete social security right. number, your complete bank account number, your complete this or that, right? And I almost feel like the ba- the way to best protect yourself is to imagine that any text, email, or phone call that you receive from somebody who says they're f- your financial institution, you got to assume that they may not be. Right. right? That somehow yeah. they're masquerading as your financial institution. And you ought to be able to say to them, listen, like, you know, I hear you're calling from Citibank or Amex or wherever you're calling from, but I want to call you back uh, on the number on the back of my card. That's smart. Right. Or I'm calling back the bank phone number that's on my check or that I can see online because otherwise it may not be them. Exactly. And I think if you follow that rule of thumb and even like for our clients, we, you know, we've, and a lot, most financial institutions do the same way. Like if I get an email from a client that says, Russ, like, can you send me, you know, 10 grand or something from my account? Like we, we obviously, we don't, we don't do that unless we, um, verbally confirm with them. Of right? course. Now I'm sure within like five years, they'll be like faking people's voices with like AI and but stuff. It's already, so we're, what, there. we're there. We're there. Well, yeah, I guess so, right? They can now, like, aren't they making uh, recordings of, like, people who aren't alive anymore? Yes. Yeah, and you can, and mim- it mimics voices. You know, you can do oh that with Chad goodness. GPT. Well, anyway, it's just, a, you know, some world that we're living in, but you got to be super careful. I think it's good to have one of those credit monitoring services 
from Equifax or like one of those services, mm -hmm. like, right, I use one of those or even one of those credit blocking services, you know, keep your eye on your bank account, look carefully at your credit card statements. Uh, you just, you just gotta be so careful. And I think the issue is also like most of these scammers are not even in this country, right? I know. So there's literally, and I think this has been documented. There's like, you know, warehouses full of people in, you know, XYZ country over there. I'm sure Russia is one of them, right? Like Our a sweatshop of scam, a right. scamming sweatshop. Right. And they're right. And they're just scamming people. Right. And they do it all day long. And I was I heard from another person, you know, they were getting scammed in their bank account somehow. And they were the people doing it were taking out like 200 bucks at a time. So like nothing. They're not going for like 20 grand at a time. Right. You know? They're just do trying to whittling do, away it, at it. Yeah. It's like the modern version of like trying to sell you magazines. Instead, they're just trying to steal from you. Right. <laughs> I mean, remember you used to or get the record those of the month club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The record of the month club. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. So, I mean, just looking at some of the other things about like how people get scammed, like from these, you know, fake tech support people, fake people from their bank or their credit card, or even your mortgage company or the U S government. And I think it's like for everyone, if you receive a phone call, you got to assume that the person saying what they're saying and who they are and where they're from is not necessarily true. And you probably should figure out a way to confirm who they are and call them back. Right. Yeah. I think that's the best advice. And obviously it's excellent advice. And, um, I mean, like you've seen, have you seen these, I mean, you get, there's these fake emails. Now they pretend to be your, like your, your, your cousin. Right. Dave, I need, you know, five grand. I'm in the, I'm in, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Or if they the say they're with the IRS, there. you know, but they're not going to call you either. Right. Or social security. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess the IRS could call you, they but could, they're not going to object to calling you back and like checking them out and whatnot. But, you know, for us, obviously, uh, you know, security comes first uh, and being, you know, having independent custodians holding your money is important. Uh, there's a lot of sort of checks and balances. Um and, uh, you know, that is part of a good, uh, you know, financial discussion. It's a good chance to offer the opportunity next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. Come and see us for a complimentary second opinion. Talk about how to navigate these markets. If your 60-40 portfolio, your bond funds, all these things are out of whack. You got to be ready for what's coming uh, in the next year. Next five cars that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. At no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000, Coming up, more on navigating a volatile fourth quarter and starting to think about 2024. Sweeping away the clutter up Wall Street from the four offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham for Hackman Wealth Partners. This is the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman, consumer advocate Dave Perkins. We get together with Russ and Clear and Jack, and uh, they represent the team at Hackman Wealth Partners on this show. Of course, Russ doing a lot of the heavy lifting every week. And you, we're going to kind of close the show out, Russ, the way we opened it, and looking at all the challenges that we face in the markets and 
all that we're getting close to 2024 kind of getting a look ahead to that year well i just can't believe that i feel like we were just talking about I, our financial new year's resolution no kidding right I know. And uh, we were talking about the markets going up, up, up the first half of the year. And now we've got all this volatility uh, this fall. You know, I think the things to, uh, you know, 2024 is, I mean, just think about everything going on. Well, first of all, we got an election, right? Oh, gosh. Of 2020, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got the Congress. We've got tax cuts that are going to turn on that or tax increases that are going to turn on that. Those tax increases, you know, can affect what happens in terms of the taxation of your IRA, war in the Middle East, what's going on in Ukraine. Oh, my. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much to think about again. And, and you know, in our minds, it's not to be, um, you know, uh, what is it? Chicken little. Right. The sky is falling. But <laughs> chicken. I was, I'm thinking I, uh, chicken. I you might be right. Dum I almost said Humpty Dumpty, but it's not. That's not a Humpty Dumpty. Well, I'm not sure all the king's little. horses or men can put this together again. No. Yeah, we got we got sort of a mess on our hands. And I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, we've talked about in prior years, sometimes the wind is at your back and sometimes the wind is in your face. And it certainly s seems like, um, you know, the the wind is at the, the sort of the face of the economy. And, and somebody spat in it. Uh, well, yeah, kind of <laughs> like that, too. Right. So um, anyway, you know, uh, good planning is what helps you get through anything that's tough, whether it's, you know, retirement, retirement security, whether it's a tough day, whether it's, you know, tough day at work, tough day at school, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So good planning is what it's all about. It's about. Uh, making sure you've got adequate income. It's about making sure you're insulated from massive interest rate and stock market uh, fluctuations to the extent that is practical. It's about having a good tax management plan. It's about thinking about the contingencies and the possible emergencies. And uh, to me, good planning is about, you know, planning for the worst, hoping for the best in a way, right? So, to the next five callers, those folks that come in and see us, get our view on, hey, what should your plan look like? That's complimentary. doesn't cost you anything. It's not any kind of high-pressure thing. We're fortunate to have uh, so many great people working with us. So do take the opportunity to come in and see us. Next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, to schedule this comprehensive review, next five, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. More great information, more to think about in financial planning with Russ Hackman next week and The Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman, Claire Hare, and Jack Young are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, a registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, Jack Young, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed.
studied. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Indexed or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, or surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of commission and or other compensation, such as a percentage of the organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A Item 4, for additional information.